This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's a privilege to be with you as we conclude a week of teaching that started when we looked at Leviticus 23. That's the chapter that speaks of the appointed times of the Lord. It's the calendar that God goes by. And specifically, we've been talking about the Feast of Shavuot, which we looked at in Leviticus 23, verses 15 to 22. We, as born-again believers, refer to this appointed time as Pentecost, which the church has celebrated as well. And we saw that this laid the foundation for the Feast of Pentecost. And we see that these feasts have been fulfilled. For example, the first appointed time is Passover. And in the New Testament, we read that Jesus is our Passover lamb. Three days after Passover was the resurrection of the Lord. And we see that in 1 Corinthians, Jesus is called the first fruits. So these are significant. It's significant to understand the appointed times to really understand that which we celebrate today as, as members of the body of Messiah. We'll understand atonement. We'll understand the Feast of Trumpets. And we look forward to the ultimate fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles because that too is spelled out in Leviticus 23. And it's important to see that Jesus said, not a dot, dash, or tittle will pass away from the law until it all be fulfilled. So it's an amazing understanding of what God really did for us when he came to earth as Jesus. And Passover was a time of really redemption and um, saving a people. And Jesus redeemed us and saved us. And first fruits showed the um, resurrection power of God with Jesus being raised from the dead, which gives us hope that we too, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, will raise you and me, Shelley, and every listener who knows the Lord. And Shavuot, or Pentecost, is such an important feast because it was on that day that 120 of the Lord's disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized with fire. Amen. From there we went to Luke chapter 24 because we must keep in mind that when Jesus walked the earth, he said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. So there's something needed in addition to knowing the word of God. And for example, in Luke 24, Verse 27, speaking to two disciples, Jesus said, or it's written, And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. 
Then when the other disciples were with him, Jesus said, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And that wasn't enough. We had to go further. And we said during the course of this week that Pentecost is the the completion of our redemptive process because Jesus then told them after they understood the scriptures, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed or endued with power from on high. So we need the Spirit the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, in order to go along with the word that we would be made complete in him. And then, of course, yesterday we looked at Acts chapter 2, the beginning of that chapter, and saw, as Junie read yesterday, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. So we see that the gift of tongues is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it was needed then, and it was need, and it is needed especially now, Junie, because of the days and the age that we're living in and what lies ahead. And we also saw yesterday, Shelley, in chapter 2 of Acts, from verses 17 to 21, which is worth reading again. And it shall be in the last days, God says. And here we're living at the end of this age, Shelley. And God says that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. So it is God saying this. His heart is that he would pour out his spirit on all men, mankind. And what will happen? And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour, pour forth my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And show those days have not come yet. So we see that this is a very important um, portion of Scripture that we would know and understand that God's desire is to pour forth his Spirit upon all flesh. We also see that the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we're living in the day, Shelley, that God wants to baptize us in his Holy Spirit. That's powerful, Junie. And if the power was needed then, it's certainly needed for the days that are coming ahead. And yesterday we mentioned from verse 12, when all the people heard this, they said, what does this mean? That's the first great question in that chapter. And then Paul went on to speak a great message, the message on the day of Pentecost. And then when they heard this, the word of God says in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? So, Junie, that's the second great question. When we put them together, we should be asking these questions every day when we read the word or when we see something happening. Number one, what does this mean? 
What does this mean and what shall we do? And these are great questions that should guide our lives. What does this mean? When we're reading the word, we don't understand it. When events take place, we need to say, what does this mean? And so there's a, a participation in our lives for what's happening. What shall we do? And God is faithful to answer. He is faithful to show those who turn to him because his word says that it's his desire. God says that he desires to pour forth his spirit on all mankind. And it also says that it shall come about that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And in Joel, the other word that's used shall be delivered. So God desires to deliver us and to save us and to instruct us in the circumstances that we find ourselves in in our life. And the specific answer to the people at that point we find in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. So we need to call upon the name of the Lord, as you said, and be filled with the Holy Spirit to be made complete in the Messiah. And Shelley, when Peter said repent, he was telling the people to change their mind. That's what it means, to turn around and change your mind. So if you've been taught, um, if you've come from an evangelical background, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for you today, repenting would be to change your mind, to look at the scriptures and understand that it is for today because we're living in the last days and God says that it's his desire to pour forth his spirit upon all men. Now, when we get saved, Shelley, we ask the Lord into our heart, the spirit of God does come and live within us and dwell within us. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a godly life. It empowers us with fire to be strong and of good courage. Junie, let's see what happened at the rest in the rest of that day. It says in verse 40 at 41. So then those who had received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3000 souls. And here's an important verse. Verse 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing with them all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Junie, we overlook this when we speak of the day of Pentecost. It's not just that they were speaking in tongues, but their whole lives were changed. And I believe there's a message in that for all of us today, that a succession of Sunday services is not that what God was looking for. They're worthwhile. We should gather together as it exhorts us in the book of Hebrews. But there's a new life. They continue, they continue devoting themselves daily to the teaching, to fellowship, 
to breaking of bread and to prayer. And there was an awe, A-W-E, about what was going on. And perhaps in the church today, especially in America, we've lost that awesomeness that we need to relate to God and what he's done in our lives. And they even help one another. It says, and day by day, continuing with one mind. That's how it started in Acts chapter 2. They were in one accord and they continued being in one mind. There was a body of believers, a community of believers in the common unity because they've been drawn together by the word of God and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they gave their whole life and everything they had in this life to the Lord. Let it be for us today. Well, we want to identify ourselves with our Jewish kinsmen by reciting the Shema. And if you know it, please recite it along with us. Tonight is the Sabbath. Yes. Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us the word and thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. And I pray every one of our believers would cry out to you if they're not filled and baptized, they would be crying out for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784 Scottsdale, Arizona 85252 That's P.O. Box 1784 Scottsdale, Arizona 85252 And you can also contact them on their website ShellyandJuneVolk.com That's ShellyandJuneVolk.com Until next time The Lord bless thee and keep thee The Lord make his face to shine upon thee And be gracious unto thee The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.